Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Season 5 of Eye on the Future with Lady Fontaine and co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. To schedule a reading or learn more about Lady Fontaine, also known as America's number one love psychic, be sure to check out Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com. Now, here's Lady Fontaine with co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. Good evening, and welcome to Eye on the Future. This is Season 6, Episode 4, and today is Thursday, October 21st, 2021. I'm your host, Paul LaPlaca, along with our in-house spiritual wizard, Jim Elkin, and our resident psychic extraordinaire, Lady Fontaine. She's also known as America's number one love psychic and is our life and relationship expert. A warm welcome to those watching us live on Facebook. Please give us a like on our radio show page where you can find details on air dates and show topics. We also offer specials and discounts and provide tips on love, relationships, prosperity, manifesting, and much more. Those of you watching us on YouTube, please hit like and subscribe to be notified of our new shows. We're very interested in your comments below the live streaming. Don't forget to follow us on Blog Talk Radio, too. In order for us to do video streaming, we really need your help in liking and following us on all the various platforms. And since we are doing video, for those of you who don't know, here is James Elkin, our healing expert. Say hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. And of course, our <laughs> lovely psychic, Lady Fontaine. In case you're wondering, she's the one with the pink headphones. Hi. If you miss a show, you'll be able to catch up at any time on I in the Future Radio Show on our YouTube channel, our Facebook page, or just listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or any other distributor. We've got a jam-packed show tonight, and we'll be taking calls throughout the show, so please be patient. We'll do our best to get every caller on the air and to answer your questions. If you'd like to be on Lady Fontaine's mailing list, please give your screener, Mike, your real, e- your real email address so we can keep in touch with you. Our phone lines are open, and our switchboard is lighting up already, and we want to hear from you. We'll be taking your calls throughout the show at 319-527-6216. That's 319-527-6216. Call us tonight on the intriguing topic, Surviving a Relationship with a Narcissist. Lady Fontaine and her panel of experts examine this topic to help you navigate these challenging relationships so you can live your life more harmoniously. Call us with your questions on this or any topic, and our phones are open. So let us get to the one last piece of business we have. Um, We are still looking for a social media person to help us with graphics and posting on social media. We are a fun team, if you haven't noticed already, and we'd love (laughs) to have you join us. This opportunity includes on-air time if desired, And our most important requirements are that you are good with technology, have excellent home office equipment, fast internet, and have an upbeat and fun personality. 
If interested, please email us at radioshow at ladyfontaine.com, and either Lady Fontaine or her, her assistant star will get back to you. There's currently no compensation for this opportunity, but it's great experience, lots of fun, and looks really good on your resume. Since this show is your brainchild, Lady Fontaine, I want to turn the mic over to you. But before I do, I want to see you look radiant tonight. I do. Wow, yes, you thank do. you. Oh, I know my you have gosh. A, a very fun trip. So I'm sorry, sorry we missed you all, but I guess, uh, I guess going, to, uh, going to see your friends has a, a nice effect, right? Um, I guess so. I, I think that the, the bigger effect was I was so exhausted when I got back that it took me three days to recover. So oh that's gosh. probably why I was That's exhausted. why you're glowing? Yes, I think that's yeah. really it. Certainly isn't today anything special because I literally walked in the door like 20 minutes ago and I haven't, I haven't eaten breakfast. I haven't eaten lunch. I had like three pistachios and like, you know, like a little sliver like this of cauliflower pizza <laughs> just to like get something in my system uh, so I could uh, do the show. So, um, but thank you. I, I never even thought you noticed me. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like a fixture here. We don't even notice her. So <laughs> that's, that's not a very narcissistic thing to say. No, not at all. <laughs> no, I just took, ladies and gentlemen, I just took a test. To, to figure out uh, if there was any narcissistic tendencies in me. And I came to very low risk um, on a scale of a zero to 40, I was a nine and zero to 10 is you're not. But these two, these two guys have not taken the I, test yet. I'm not taking any test. I don't need a test. I know better. <laughs> If that sounds familiar, it might be a narcissist talking. Right? <laughs> and it might be. <laughs> it might be. So why would mm-hmm. you not take the test? Oh, I just, I don't know. No reason. <laughs> I, I can take that. I just don't like any information on the Internet that takes information from me because I have no control over what I answer. The answers are taken, and who knows where they go. So I just don't mm-hmm. like to answer questions that sounds like, whatsoever. That sounds like paranoia. We need to do a show that's on that. A, wow, no, you're no. good, Paul. That's experience. Oh that's experience, brother. Experience, right? <laughs> I know data miners. I know how they think, and I know what they do. Right? <laughs> you know what a data so miner they, is? I do. A data Not miner really. is people, they're people who delve into databases and pull out information, trends, so they can sell it to bankers and, and other organizations that are looking for uh, ideas as to how they can better market their products. Yep. And how do they get in? They hack their way in? No, no. They they, they use databases that are provided to them from companies because companies sell information oh, that yeah. they obtain. So when you yeah. start one of these these tests up and they say disclaimer, we can use this information this way or something like that, that's a good sign that they're probably going to misuse your information. Yep. They're gonna, that's an open door for abuse. The moment you say uh, I accept. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess the whole world yeah. is going to be thinking I'm a narcissist at this point, even though I no. tested that I'm not. No, no. Based on your answers, not on your test. <laughs> oh. Either way, I, I failed. So that oh. means I passed, That's right. which That's means right. I'm not. That's so, right. and, and I had no doubts about it. But the, a couple of questions there, I had to say, you know, somewhat. Like, yeah. do I think of success and do I talk about the high-powered people that I know? Yes, yeah, I yeah. do. I always do. I flaunt it. 
I guess that's why I was on a scale of zero to 40 and nine. But this is a really serious topic today. Did you turn the mic over to me yet? Yes, I think oh, I yeah. did. Okay. Well, you haven't so, stopped yeah. talking. Since... <laughs> it's my show. I can do whatever I want to do. <laughs> so is so, there what? is there like an official um, definition for narcissists that we could um, kind of delve into here? Well, narcissists are generally created from childhood, and they usually stem from a very dysfunctional family. And I really hate to say this part because so many of my clients call me and they start talking about, you know, people that they're involved with and they're clearly narcissists, but typically a narcissist has a low uh, emotional, um, you know, uh, development. I don't know how else to say it nicely. Yeah. Um, You know, so, and that's not saying that they're not smart. I'm sure some of them are very, very smart. But from right. an emotional standpoint, they're like defunct. Yeah. Well, I was first introduced to the term through my favorite Genesis song, Supper's Ready. And uh, that it's an 18-minute song, and it kind of meanders through all this kind wow. of really symbolic storytelling. And they mentioned Narcissus in the middle of the song, and, and the line is, and Narcissus is turned into a flower. So I looked up the story, and it's a, myth, a mythological story about this man who was so enamored with himself and he was so beautiful and so enjoyed looking at himself that he um, was staring at himself in a pond, right, Jim? And did he fall yeah. in and drown? I, and I, the, I, I don't remember if he starved to death because he didn't want to take time to eat because he was so enamored. With right, because he yeah. was so obsessed. And then the gods kind of forgave him and turned him into a, a beautiful flower. Right. So we, we have the narcissus, is it the narcissus flower, that's and right. then, you know, so, and then everyone has tarnished the name because it's such a horrible thing to be in a relationship with somebody like that. So yeah. a narcissist is a, a very insulting thing because it's a, a difficult person to get along with. It's yeah. almost well, impossible. Actually, Go ahead, I've seen it in the beginning of a relationship with a narcissist, they are lovely. The they are the most charming people right. in the They're entire just, and, world. They will sweep you off of your feet. A and they million gen- times over. They gently bring you into their drama and their life, and then you, they ask you to feel sorry for them. Not directly, but... And then all of a sudden, you're on this roller coaster, and they're riding you. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. So I, there met this, I met this guy a while ago. I think I told you guys something about it. Mm-hmm. And um, he proposed to me three times in one day. <laughs> clearly, oh, clearly a red flag for me, clearly, because yeah. I can't tell you how many clients. I had one client. Um, she's no longer a client, but um, she was for a very long time. And every man she ever met proposed to her on the first date. I said, now, do we see that there's a common theme here and all yeah. of them turned out to have some sort of behavioral a personality disorder. I mean, all of them, some of them narcissists, some of them other things, but um, that to me is a, <laughs> a very big tip off. I mean, yeah. I, I refused the, each one of the proposals. Don't worry. <laughs> I wasn't stupid. I was, I was gone within less than a week. Um, and that's, that, that's the situation I was telling you about. Um, I have to apologize to our 
our callers because our screener isn't online yet. Oh, oh. yes, he is. Yes, he is. He just got on. All oh, right. there he is. Okay. All right. Uh, so who's ever, uh, you know, waiting to be screened, our screeners should be, you know, with you in a few minutes. But that was why I um, <clears throat> exited that relationship as quickly as I did, Jim, <laughs> even though you were kind of indicating there could be things for me to learn in that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it might, it could also it be, feel, they, yeah. they tend to go for people who are empathic, you know, who want to feel what you feel right. exactly. and, and empaths tend to want to forgive them all the time and give them another chance. And that's generally the, the pattern that goes along for a long time. Um, I had one friend who was ensnared in that relationship and, and actually went to, uh, Al-Anon, which is the support groups for alcoholics, yeah. uh, an, uh, anonymous members or people who are alcoholics, and and it's just, it helped her to see how she can walk away from who he is because you know it's a better thing for both of them than for her to stay in that relationship, and uh, and she managed to do that, and now she's married to a wonderful man. Wow. So they don't yeah. have support groups for for people who have been involved uh, they with must. narcissists. They, they do must. now. They must. Yeah. They do now. This is oh, a this was ago. a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Not a long time, but a few years ago. <laughs> I was so, going to start this show by saying, if you're in a situation like that, there's no way out except uh-uh. getting out. Literally. Yeah, right. Because you can't fix they, they need help, and they rarely accept help or want help because they're perfect. I mean, there's nothing wrong. And unfortunately, it's a very abusive, emotionally abusive type of a relationship. And we will talk about it more today. But I see it in, I would say, greater than 50 or 60% of my clients that they call me and they start talking to me about relationships. And clearly, they're involved with the narcissist. And what can you tell a person except get out. You know, There's mm-hmm. no hope here right. unless that person chooses to get help. And like I said, research shows they don't often do it. But there is some newer research that does show that some of them are bright enough and um, sort of intrigued enough that once they, if they get into therapy, once they get into therapy, they want, they, they get intrigued by that whole process. So they actually want help and they actually do pretty well. But I've never seen a narcissist recover, ever. Right. No, it's, yeah. it's almost like I wouldn't, I'm not an expert, I can't say officially, but it feels like it's a personality personality disorder. It's a, it's a mental illness, I think, it is. at some point that it's like, it's not something that can be helped by a non-professional. It's, it's really deep. It is. And typically, um, it's... I mean, narcissists have very low self-esteem. They come on strong. They overcompensate. That's the reason for it. Yes. Yeah. And and when I tell that to clients, they have a hard time because these people are abusing them and trying to control them. And in reality, it's all based on having very low self-esteem. Right. So, and that's you know, childhood that trauma is, all over the place, right? Where they bingo. they felt yeah. minimized so much in their childhood that in order to survive they overcompensate and, and create this self-identity that is enormous. It's huge. I am the best. I am the greatest that was ever because they actually feel so small. Small, exactly. And the and only probably, way they overcome that is, is the bluster, you know? 
Right. And probably they weren't heard or they felt that they weren't heard. Therefore, they had to create this identity that would make them so illustrious that any and everybody would want to be with them. Right. Um, but in reality, when you see what's underneath, it's not pretty. Now, Jill, in your experience with your clients, is there like one or two personality types that are magnetically attracted to the narcissist? Or is it across the board, like anybody can fall prey to it? But I feel like that's a spiritual thing where you kind of yin and yang with that person because, you, like, like Jim was saying, you, like the empaths maybe need, right. I was they, say, they fit together yeah. like a puzzle, but it's a symbiotic relationship from hell where they both feed mm-hmm. off of each other and destroy each other. It's not a right. healthy. No, it's, it's not uh, at all. <laughs> it's not healthy at all. I also see it in, in men or women who are, I don't want to say desperate, but very anxious for a partner and they're willing to, and people with low self-esteem because right. they're willing to put up with that abuse to have somebody there and somebody who projects themselves like, Oh my God, you know, I'm the most, phenomenal person in the world so you know it's typically that i mean if you have a good sense of who you are you're not going to be able to tolerate a narcissist for five seconds right you're not because what i find one of the most pronounced um signs or symptoms in a narcissist other than controlling and um uh you know it, we're literally, it's all about them. I mean, they don't really care about their partner. They'll never assume responsibility. But what I see is they try to isolate their partner from family members and other friends. Therefore, they have total control total over that control. person. Yep. Right. But that yeah. also most likely is other behavioral, you know, personality disorders as well involved in there. And I, I personally think that a narcissist is a combination of a bunch of stuff from right. a mental health standpoint. I don't think, you know, because they're they're different. I mean, I have a list here of nine different typical traits. And I know my ex-husband was a narcissist and some of this applies and some of it doesn't. Right. So it, it kind of, there's a, a bit of a smorgasbord of horrible traits. <laughs> And, and I think it's like pick and choose. Right. I think if you have more than three or four of these, these signs, and if they're prominent, it's like, you know, for instance. Right. Well, Hans, um, let me break in one sec, because I wanted to touch on what you just said, that they don't care. And in my experience, what I found is it's not that they don't care. It's like they, they literally don't see you or your needs or right. that they're doing anything they wrong. No, right. They can't they have perceive no it. It's almost color right. blindness. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they're shocked when they, when you call them on it and say, this hurt me, this did this to me, you did this and this, and they're like, I, well, I, I didn't do that. You know, they, it's like, that's you, actually, it's your problem, your fault. They actually go to the point of not being shocked, but insulted. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. And and defensive. I mean, how many yeah. times did they turn it around? And, oh, yeah. and you know, I mean that's their that's part of their MO. They're gonna turn it around and blame you for it, yep, even right. though they're totally responsible. That to me is yeah. a big sign of a narcissist. But there are a lot yeah. of people that aren't narcissists that don't assume responsibility. I mean, right. you can't say every person who doesn't assume responsibility is a narcissist. But right. It's a very difficult, you know, thing to maneuver in a relationship. I mean, I, I, I would get out. 
I mean, I couldn't see how to live with that kind of scenario and be happy and maintain your dignity and your self-respect. Right. I don't know how anybody can survive. With your background, Jim, with with Eastern philosophies and, uh, you know, like from a Buddhist perspective or, you know, Zen, like what would somebody like a Buddhist master say to somebody who is dealing with a narcissist? Where would Eastern philosophy look at that type of person? And how how are you supposed to grow as a person spiritually interacting with someone like that? Is there is that anything they've ever talked about? Uh, um, I can only imagine. Right. And my imagination is telling me that a master, if I came to a master and said, uh, I think I'm involved uh, in a relationship with a narcissist and I'm being abused by this person emotionally, uh, I think he would just say, well, get out of it. (laughs) Right. Just matter of fact. Go away. Just leave that. So there's no spiritual value in you trying to... No, I don't think especially so. if you're a beginner. I mean, if, if you're right. if you're an enlightened master and a narcissist comes up and tries to put the saddle on you, they, they would just walk away. Yeah. They, they, they wouldn't give them any power. They, would, they right. wouldn't give them any. Exactly. Uh, they, they, it's like the, because they're, they're so much in mastery and understanding of what's going on in the situation. When this guy tries to take control, the, their first impulse would be to just uh, laugh at them. Right. And, and just, you know, you're, you're not going to get control over me and I'm not going to take the bait. So right. <laughs> you have a choice. You can walk away or we can have a decent conversation on a, on a one-to-one. Right. Uh, that kind of thing. It, it, it's not lack of compassion, but it's just a lack of desire to cooperate with the drama. Right. It's a very different, different animal. Um, yeah. Did that answer your question? You had another question. Yeah, no, because I, I was just wondering, in your experience studying these philosophies, if they yeah. ever talked, like with the Tao and any of that, did Eastern philosophies ever talk about the specific type of person? And oh. if it's valuable for you spiritually to kind of, is there an exercise in it to elevate yourself and enlighten yourself more by suffering through that? Like, is there any value to you it? Mean because suffering through that relationship with a yes, narcissist? Or you mean like, suffering as a narcissist? No, suffering <laughs> as, as because a Because that's a suffering, too. I mean, you wouldn't people, know it. You wouldn't yeah, know it yeah. if you were a narcissist. It would just be normal for you. It would be everyday life. Because the whole thing is so defended and right. so structured and organized that they don't need to feel. Right. And they don't need to look at it and evaluate it. But I, I um, think like we, we were saying, it's like they, they are suffering from all this pain and they yeah. overcompensate and blow up this fake personality to not feel that pain. So I believe they are suffering. I believe they're in a oh, pain. Yeah. Oh, they definitely pain. are. And that's why they Absolutely. lash out and try to control because they are in pain. Like, they, you know. they need confirmation of the pain that they're in. Exactly. And they want to and take you into their drama. And they need to inflict it. Exactly. Right. <laughs> they want to share their pain with you. Well, that's the control aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Right. But and um, someone to but, take the blame when they make mistakes. Yeah. Well, yeah. and don't don't we all make mistakes all the time? Yeah. I mean, we all do. But yeah. it's a matter of being able to own up to it. Um, and then, like, I find with a narcissist, and it's part of this grandiose, you know, illusion that they have of themselves, but they need that constant validation that they're so great. Mm-hmm. They need that constantly. And, and they will create the situation asking you straight out, 
Do you, right. Don't you think that, you know, I'm so smart, I'm so beautiful, I'm so handsome, you know, I've, I'm the most muscular man in the world, right. you know, whatever it is, um, there's always going to be, they always have to be in the spotlight. Right. Always. <clears throat> so, Jill, I, but, I interrupted you, but you were going to go through a list of uh, characteristics and traits. All right. I'm, I'm going to give you a high level you know, I'm just going to say it. If you have any questions about it, we could talk about it. But throughout the show, I want to bring up some of this stuff. But before I do that, do you remember a few months ago we had a woman call in and I said to her, mm, man, that guy sounds like a narcissist. And she said, yes. And she said the same thing yes. that Jim said about, I don't remember what her name was, but she said, um, yeah, I'm an empath, and they tend yeah. to be drawn towards me. Now, I'm an empath as well. I guess I married one, so I guess at one point I mm-hmm. allowed that, but I learned. You know, I, I was in therapy for a long time. I learned a lot. Plus, you know, I mean, dealing with people and seeing the the torment that they go through being involved with narcissists is outrageous. But, all right, there are, there are nine... Um, typical signs, but I think there's 10. One is what we've been talking about, that grandiose sense of self-importance. Another one is a fixation on fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, attractiveness, or ideal love. I mean, they have to be it. They have to. And they imagine in their head that they are. Um, what I just said to you about the need for continual admiration from others, um, self-perception of being special, unique, superior, and to be only understood by or be associated with people or institutions of high status. Now, that one I kind of failed on. <laughs> Not really. Because they worded a difference in the test that I took. They worded it different, so that's how why I, I failed that one. Um, sense of entitlement. That is really big with the narcissist. They demand it. There's no and, ifs, or buts, and it doesn't matter what you say, what you think. They're God, period. Yep. Um, lack of empathy, which we talked about. Envy of others or believing others are envious of them. And I think that is so sad. I really do. Um, because, you know, um, they won't admit that they're envious and the, and what they end up doing because they're envious is either they compete or they do little or they control. I mean, they have to knock that person off of their, you know, platform or, you know, whatever it is. Pedestal. Yep. <laughs> That's it. Um, <laughs> see, I, I still have it. Um, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, before I end up going like senile here, I might as well try to get out my last thoughts. Um, Yeah. So the lack of empathy, um, envy of others, um, um, about the envy of others, they, they also, because they can't knock a person off of their pedestal, what they can do is they can just decide that that person doesn't deserve to be in their, in their, in their but do you see that? Yeah. See, I don't. I see with yeah. narcissists, once they get a victim, they're like a, you know, a venomous creature, like a tick that just latches, like a leech. They just well, latch on and until they subtle. suck you dry. Yeah, some of them are more subtle than that. 
but but when it comes to people that they would like to be like or that have things that they want, uh, if they can't actually attack that person directly, they just poo-poo them. It's like that guy's worthless. That guy's meaningless. He doesn't have anything oh, to yes, say. Yes, he's, yes. he's a waste of time. Yes. Just drop yeah, I him. agree. I yeah. agree with that. I do agree with that. And then we had talked about this also. Well, basically what you just said, you know, um, about um, belittling people. I mean, that's obviously right. another trait. Um, yeah. And it's, it's always for their personal gain. And continuing demeaning, bullying, and belittling others. And that, to me, is like a classic sign. When, when most of my clients call me, it's usually that or the tenth one that I had mentioned, which was a narcissist tends to want to isolate the person. They don't want them to be with their family. They don't want them to be with their friends. They want to keep them away from anybody who would have any power over them other than the narcissist themselves. Right. Right. So I'm really actually surprised that this clinical um, description of of signs did not include controlling because I find them very controlling and also um, where they try to keep you away from your family. I could think of somebody very much in the spotlight, um, you know, that to me is a classic narcissist. And you're not going to say? <laughs> I'll, if you guess, I'll, I will Say yes or no. It's classic. Uh, somebody, it's, is it, is somebody, it somebody in the somebody, public eye? Yes. Somebody is married it, somebody very important and totally has isolated that person from their family, totally is controlling this person. Classic. Classic to me. I will. I will sounds like Tom Cruise with the Scientology stuff with, with no, Katie Holmes. That no. definitely sounds familiar. But it's, yeah. somebody else, uh, huh? I'm sure there was tidbits of things involved in that one, but that's not who I'm thinking of. This is somebody who's in the spotlight right now, totally mm. isolating this person from their family that, mm. you know, um, and it's an important role this person has. Not in the United States. I might as well give you a few more clues. They're not in the United <laughs> States. They're in, they're in, they were I mean, across in the Britain? ocean. Yeah. Oh, come on. Are, are you saying that um that yes, Ms. Markle is a narcissist? Yes, I am. Absolutely. And you think that she is 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 <laughs> Yes, I I I totally do believe that. I'm I'm going to go I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you on that. <laughs> Why? Tell me what give me your diagnosis, doc. Well, Honestly, I feel like that relationship from the United States perspective is just so ripe for judgmental um, people that that don't understand what it's like to be in Britain in the royal family and be oh. a person of color. And, and they kind of make it sound like um, she's being a baby. And uh, I think she had a really hard time over there and she was not treated right. So I don't think she's trying to isolate Harry from his family, just that she wanted to get the hell out and she wanted to raise her family where she wouldn't have to deal with that kind of abuse. And that's, just, that's my opinion. of If that were it, my, it, my feeling on that, if that were indeed true, then why would that have affected 
Harry's relationship with the rest of the royal family. I mean, I could see him defending his wife, but um, I, I don't I know. I would think that, that, you know, the fact that they insisted that they weren't going to give his children their proper titles, um, that caused a rift. Um, you know, that, 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 you know, his father was worried about what color the baby was going to be instead of being happy. He was going to have a grandchild. He was, you know, How do like, we I know think, that half of this is even true? I mean, there's so much fake news out there. How do you know that this is true? I think we're getting off track. We need to get back to our <laughs> <laughs> I second that I was, opinion. Uh, I was, I was going to ask Jim what he thought about it, but all right. No. I, I said I didn't want to say who it was. Like I said, I'm not going to be t- tempted with the bait there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Do we have any? Are there any other um, types of characteristics those, on our list? Was that all of it? Those well, are. It, those are the main the, ones. In the sense of entitlement, it does mention something. Uh, 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 sorry. Yeah, sense of entitlement. This, this sense of entitlement can be linked to showing black and white behavior splitting, such as idealizing when you go along with them and devaluing you when you don't what is expected by them. Don't do what is expected by them. Um, I like that because that's that manipulative thing you're talking about. They're, they're liking you when you do the good things, and they don't like you at all when you're doing the bad things, and really on yeah. your case. So, so maybe that's the manipulative point that they didn't make. Yeah, right, or the controlling, in. right? Yeah, right. I agree with that. I don't even know where I haven't found it. What you were reading? Oh, but... it's number five, sense of entitlement, the third paragraph. Oh. <clears throat> oh. Okay. I, I would definitely say that manipulation is one of the things that I've uh, experienced the most in my personal interactions. And um, one of my exes was uh, had a lot of these uh, characteristics and traits. And the thing that I found the most painful um, was after years of being manipulated and, uh, and kind of uh, had my behavior uh, altered because of, the techniques that she used um that's that's what i found is is the most disturbing about it it's just this kind of cold calculating way that the narcissists will make you feel bad about yourself and um it's it's for your own good i have to knock you down off of your high horse and you, you know i i have to hurt you and hurt your feelings so you this is for your own personal benefit so you'll grow so you can see who, how you really are. I'm holding up a mirror to you. And mm-hmm. it's nonsense most of the time where you're just like, you're getting all you're this, right. this feedback from, <clears throat> from someone who's supposed to be your partner and close to you. And you, and you start doubting yourself and you start feeling like, oh, could they be right? Maybe I am this kind of person. Maybe I am bad. Maybe I need, you know, it's like, and that's, it's that manipulation that really caused me the most pain when I, when I recognized it. And uh, I started reading about narcissist and borderline personality disorder. And I'm like, oh, my God, this has been going on for seven, eight years, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, oh, boy, this is it. It stings. <laughs> yeah. Well, I believe that it's very closely associated with borderline personality disorders. Oh, and yeah. there's a lot of overlap, a lot. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm really sorry to hear that because it's hard. Um, recovering from a relationship like that is, is very, very difficult. It really is. But, um, you know, what I would like to talk a little bit about before we start taking calls is sort of like building a template of what a healthy relationship looks like or a healthy person looks like in a relationship so that 
somebody has either a model or they could see where things are lacking and we're, you know, because my feeling is if you don't honor yourself, no one else will either. And if you're going to, you know, I don't, this is going to sound mean to say, but if you allow people to abuse you, they're going to continue to abuse you. So what type of person would allow someone to abuse them? Someone with a low self-esteem, someone right. who, again, we said it earlier, you, you're so anxious or so thankful to be in a relationship. And again, that's what a narcissist looks for, somebody they can control. They're not going to bother with somebody that they, like, you know, a Buddhist or a Buddhist master. They're not going to bother with people that they can't get the results and the effects that they want. They're going to move on and say next. So mm-hmm. I think it's somewhat important to sort of define what's a healthy relationship. What does that look like? Like my idea of a healthy relationship is good communication. I mean, it's respect. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, I mean, to me, it's not, I don't believe in 50-50 in a relationship. I believe in 100-100. Oh, we just lost Paul. I really think it, you're I'm still here. I'm just, uh, I'm okay. doing uh, tactical work, so I don't want you to oh, see okay. me scrambling and pulling my hair out. <laughs> Uh-oh, we were doing so good for so long. We're doing yet. okay. It's just, okay. you know, some of the, some of the, the wires and um, the great Oz stuff behind the scenes here. Ah, <laughs> I'm no telling you, the, the Wizard of Oz. Um, but, you know, what was I saying? I don't remember. <laughs> it sounded like it was good at the time. You were... Jim, uh, Stop laughing. It just, it just slipped. Totally slipped. <laughs> you were talking about formulating what a what a healthy relationship looks like. Oh, a hundred, a hundred. I was saying that's what a to me that's what a relationship looks like. It's not well, fifty fifty. It's a hundred, a hundred. But that that Jimmy. If it's a hundred, if oh, I was going to say if it's a hundred, a hundred, that means there's no room for you in the relationship because you're giving a hundred percent to that other person. And the person's giving 100% back. But that jimmies, there are certain areas where people are strong and other people are weak. Then mm-hmm. that could be, you know, 90-10. And mm-hmm. it jimmies. But if you have an equal, if you have a partner that you love and respect and you communicate well with that person and you're on the same wavelength, it doesn't matter if in the moment you've got 10% of the power or 10% of the importance in the relationship you would be happy for your partner to have success or to go out and do the fun things that they enjoy doing so Mm -hmm. to me that takes a whole person to be able to be whole in a relationship and not need somebody to fix them to complete them to anything them they go into a relationship whole they're willing willing to Jimmy, you know, hey, go do or whatever. You know, you don't need to control anything. You need to enjoy your life with that mm-hmm. person. And that to me is a hundred hundred. And you don't okay. you don't you have a problem with that apparently. Then talk well, to Dr. Phil because he also agrees with me. <laughs> I, I, but I never agree with Dr. Phil, so that's <laughs> <laughs> well that explains that's everything. <laughs> that explains everything. That is, that's not saying something to to, to concern me. Um no, I just, <laughs> I, just, I just I just feel like uh I feel like I mean there's there's my space which is gotta be a certain percentage. I've gotta have room for me. Uh for the things I like to do. I'm a musician, I like to do music. Maybe my partner doesn't like to do music. But the cool thing is, 
you know, thy partner can enjoy my music and can want right. to participate with me in that music. But that right. doesn't mean that person has to go out and learn all of my instruments, which is what nobody said that. Nobody that's said what, no, no, what, no. Just like me with dog shows. If I was, if I'm with somebody, they don't need to learn anything about dogs or showing dogs or anything. But I would really love if they would join me at dog shows every now and then. That's sort of being with the person and being able to share things without. There's no rules here. It's not that, oh, you have to become me. I don't want a clone of myself. That would be awfully boring. I want to I learn. I want to experience that's, new things. That's, that's why I shy away from the 100%, 100%. Right. Well, now, I see, think... To me, not 100%, someone's going to complete you or fix you, and that's BS in my eyes. What, what I think, like, Jill, like what I'm hearing you say and, and what I've seen with uh, this similar kind of uh, concept is uh, I went to a wedding one time and the uh, bride and groom had two candles mm-hmm. and they lit a, a center candle symbolically that this was their joining together and they were going to create this one flame together. And then they extinguished their individual candles. We did that so at the wedding that, I was at the other yeah, day. Yeah, I don't like that because I feel like maybe Jim, this is where you're coming from too. It's yeah. like that you, you extinguish you yourself. You have to somehow lose yourself. Right. And I don't think that's what you're saying. I no, believe not at all. 100% when you come to it's a relationship is, is you are, yeah, it's not that you're meeting each other halfway is that you're giving 100% of your spirit and energy and effort to... And you're um, receiving it. And you're receiving it. And you're receiving it. Receiving it's, it. A, it's not just and like I'm giving half. And whatever blend that is. Right. It's whatever blend that you. is. Yeah. So I would say with, with my story that what would make it right for me is that, okay, we're going to light this candle together and we're going in 100%, but I still have my flame and you put your candle back down but you come together with everything you have to create this unified relationship together. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So that I don't feel like it's a hundred percent like you're losing yourself or no. you need to be uh, uh, in the other person's, um, you know, hobbies or anything like that. Just that you're available and in, involved and invested, you know, a hundred percent of you is there. Right. Now, using Jim's example, if I was with someone who was a musician, I would want to listen to the music. I would want, I mean, to me, that would be phenomenal. I mean, to have, a, you know, somebody singing or playing a musical instrument. Okay. Hold and, on a second. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and experiencing that and sharing that, that to me is like the the most exciting and enticing parts of a relationship is expanding yourself and really getting to know another person's world and, and stuff. So I don't see it at all is that somebody then has to learn every song and every uh, whatever, or go to every dog show and know every collie by, Oh, that's one bred by this person. That one, because I'll say that when I'm at a dog show, but I don't expect anyone else to. Um, but I would like somebody to join me to want it. Not that I want them to join me. I would want them to want to join me once in a while. And I think that's give and take. And I think you need to be whole and complete in order to be able to do that. But I find this fascinating that we're having this discussion. I really do. This has to be another show because it's, it's obviously deep. It is. is. What constitutes a relationship and what, how much do you bring? My feeling is if I bring half of me, you might as well not even date me because it's not going to be what I can offer. 
in a relationship. I mean, I, I, if I give, if I'm in a relationship, I give 110%. Period. That doesn't mean I lose myself because I don't ever remember losing myself. But Did I lose exaggerate. myself in my marriage? <laughs> but you never exaggerate, right? <laughs> 110% is impossible. There's no such thing. <laughs> but that's, 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 people say that. I mean, that's like, yeah, a, know. you know, an expression. But, I know. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to say that 100%, I mean, that's also, it leaves no room. That's why I don't like to use 100%. And I'm not saying 50%. Why do we have to use percentages? We don't. Why can't we, you, why can't we just say, take. I want to take. support this person and I'm enjoying this person's support of me. And it doesn't have to mean any commitments or, or, or uh, you know, whatever, sacrifice or anything like that. It can just be, you know, it's great. If you can help me, that's great. If you can't, I'll get by by myself. I, I would have anyway. So that's fine. Yeah, but you know? it, it, it might include commitments. I'm not saying you go into it with those expectations, but mm-hmm. it could, the end result could be a commitment if both people sure. want it. I mean, sure. I think that's something to discuss up front in a relationship because I, I have many times either men or women calling me and they say, oh, I've been dating this guy or this girl on and off and I want to get married and they don't. And I've said it on this show before. If somebody tells you they don't want to get married or they're not ready, believe, believe them. them because mm-hmm. you're going to have years of waiting and probably never getting anywhere. With, yeah. with a person, unless they're, you know, in therapy or getting some sort of help or assistance with it, because right. there's always reasons why people are afraid. Mm-hmm. That's true. But, but all right, do we have callers waiting? We I mean, sure do. We do. We have a lot. Um, all right, so let's, let's take see. a few calls. Jim, what do you think? Can you read the um, description of who we have? I see someone here that I'd, I'd love to hear from. Uh, who? This is, her name is Sherry. Sherry, you there? I am. Hi, welcome. Sherry. Hey. hey. Hi, Lee Fontaine. That's my How sister. are you? That's my sister. <laughs> my sister. Mrs. Mike's wife? Yes. It is. Sherry, is Jill, is Jill a narcissist? Not in any way whatsoever. If she was, would you answer the question? <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> we wouldn't, I wouldn't Jill have knows I'm honest. Right, and I wouldn't have so many close friends if I was no, a narcissist. No, absolutely not. You would not. No. So, what, so, wait, what are you story, calling Jerry, about? Well, um, you are aware of the fact that I was married to the definition of a narcissist for 15 years. Yes, big no. And big I just time. want, I just, big time. And probably the most important thing to say for anybody that might be listening is you cannot win that battle get out get away exactly get exactly the only thing that i can really offer without explanation without you know tears and all this other stuff and drama just get out you will not win and it's so true you won't win you won't win and i mean and Sherry went through a real rough time in that marriage. Mm. I mean, a mm. real rough time. Sure. Um, sure. And she still does. He's still a controlling person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the air, so I can't say what yeah, I'm yeah. going to say. Putting it really nicely, Jill. <laughs> he's, 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 I, have, I have other terms. Yeah, so do I. I was holding back from saying yeah, it. But you're absolutely have, right. Yeah, it's because I I'm have a saying, disabled child. 
Uh, I see. So you, you felt like that was the best way for you to be able to handle uh, your, your your child growing um, up. And what, what do you mean, Jim? Yeah, to stay with him. No, no. no. I I um I was just uh, I didn't understand what was going on until oh, I, I was so so destroyed that I basically um, I had to jump off a cliff. And I knew that if I stayed, I was going to die one way or another, um, emotionally or physically. So I had to jump off the cliff. I just had gotten to that point. But the real eye-opener is when one of my sons came to me and and made some statements to me. And then I realized that he's hurting them as much as he's hurting me. And that that was the eye-opener when Uh, I realized that he was damaging them and not just me. So, yeah, it was. So much easier to take when it's just you, right? When it's the kids? No uh, well, I was I was just so involved in trying to protect them and trying yeah. to survive that right. uh, I didn't see what was happening to them until you know the, the the words of a child came out and it was like oh my goodness gracious what am I doing <laughs> so yeah. I realized I needed to end that and I I just didn't I just I was also wrapped up with a family business that held me in so it was it was a really really tough situation but. It's not, it's just, like I said, it's not a battle you can win. You will not win with a narcissist. Right. That's why I was going to open the show and say, get out. I mean, if you're in a relationship, get out. There's no way. There's no way. You can't talk your way. You can't make, you can't reason with them. You can't. And the story is that, you go, go Sherry. I I was going to say they will not change. Because no. it is a it is a uh, a personality disorder. Well, it's it's a disorder, and there is nothing. Um, I was I was. Uh, this was explained to me years and years ago, that uh, they don't see that there's anything wrong with them. That they justify everything. That it's everybody else's fault. There is no oh, way that the, the prognosis for a narcissist is extremely poor. Mm-hmm. It just can't. You're happen. right. It's not going to happen. You're right. So it is extremely poor. You're right. Yeah, I mean, that is the best so. advice. But the sad part of it is Sherry got out many years ago because she's been married to Mike for, what, nine years, nine. right? Right. Yes. But this this narcissistic person <laughs> um, yeah. that she used to be married <laughs> with still torments her. Still torments her. Any time, any time... I mean, he's horrible. He's horrible. He's horrible. So, yeah. so Sherry, what you should do is have, have uh, Mike and Al come down with my motorcycle. And I got a few friends that have motorcycles. We'll show up at this guy's house. And... I like that idea. <laughs> I like I that that's idea a really lot. good idea. We'll show yeah. them our tattoos. We'll show them our tattoos, you know. <laughs> I didn't know you had a tattoo, Jim. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I didn't think you did. And Mike doesn't either, as far as I know. Yeah. Does he? We can all he get carry? our leathers. What was that? Joe? I got a, I got a, Does Mike have a tattoo? Uh, no, but we all need tattoos and colors and leathers and and just leather. Right. I need. I'm yeah. leatherless. I am leatherless. <laughs> oh, and do you know? Do you know today, Sherry? Um, I I told Mike that I had an appointment early this morning, so I left. And the way my GPS took me was on 226, 221, I passed uh, Lake James. 
I was like going, here I'm doing switchbacks without Mike. (laughs) I was was like, uh, oh, now I've got the motorcycle bug. Oh, God, here it comes again. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's over. Jill, it's over for you. You're, you've yeah. got the bug. It's, it's done. It's, it's, you're, it's, it's, it's a done deal. I guess yeah. I, yeah. Gold <laughs> I can't even, my legs don't hit the ground. Mike's got to get the gold win and, and drive me. What I was thinking about today, Sherry, when, and then, then I'll stop talking about motorcycles, but when Mike and I were at uh, Shady, Shady Maple, Shady, right. whatever that place yeah, is Shady in Tennessee. Shady, Shady Valley. Yeah. Um, we were talking to this guy that had a gold, a gold wing and he had these custom seats made for his wife in the back, you know, so she, if they were already comfy, but he, they basically make it based on your height, how you sit, your weight, your uh-huh. size, your measurements, all the stuff. So I was thinking Mike's going to have to get two different gold wings, one to ride you in and one to ride me in. Well, that, yeah. And you and I both need to get our own with our sidecars for a dog. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, as soon as you, you're finished with physical therapy, because I feel better now. My shoulder feels better. Oh, so I'm awesome. ready whenever yeah. you're ready. All right. I'll, I'll let you know I'm getting better. <laughs> right. But so anyway, back time. to the narcissist. Yeah. Back to the narcissist. Run, run, run as fast run. as you can. Just okay. give up True. any hope of changing that person. It will not happen. And she Save could yourself. tell you. Right. Will they ever admit that they're wrong? Oh, my goodness. Heavens, no. Will they ever show Absolutely one ounce not. of empathy? Absolutely none. It's always the other person's fault. It's always the other person's responsibility. It's it's something that there's no way that not being a narcissist, you cannot possibly understand. Don't even try to understand it. Because and it's you're not, right. It's, it's, it's the, comprehensible. And you're right. The prognosis is very poor. But the biggest problem is so few narcissists are willing to go into therapy because they're perfect and nothing is wrong with them yeah. and it's everybody else's fault. So why would That's they go exactly into therapy? Correct. That's exactly correct. It, it, it has nothing to do with them. It's everybody else. Right. And, and there's no reason for them to, to do it. And, and that was what I was faced with for years. And that's what I was told by a clinical psychologist way back in in the eighties. It's not going to change. And it took hope. you. Even... It took you how many years? Fifteen. You were married fifteen years. Fifteen years, and along with that, Jill, you know, a lot of physical and emotional abuse. I know. I know. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. No, you can't You have to save yourself. And Sherry. Um, um, we all have remnants from any time there's any kind of abuse or trauma. We all have remnants. Um, right. And I, I mean, I'm a perfect example with 9-11. The other day I'm here in a plane, you know, going, gee, that sounds yeah. like it's awfully low, you know, so right away I get into that panic state. But um, mm-hmm. I, I remember even I went to Sherry because I knew Mike told me that, um, your ex cheated um, on somebody that was a friend of yours, right? Or something like that? Yes. Yes. She was so a very I good went friend to, of mine. So I went to Sherry and I said, are you okay with me being so friendly with Mike and riding, you know, going out on the motorcycle? 
because I didn't want her. And Mike and I are totally just friends. I mean, there's not anything, even yeah. slightly, remotely anything. I wouldn't do that to Sherry, and I wouldn't do it to Mike, and neither would Mike. We both discussed it. Not that we mm-hmm. want to do it, but, you know, there are, there are boundaries here, and there's more important people than a moment of pleasure. Not that there would be <laughs> I don't mean that. You are digging yourself off. Oh, yeah. Do you need a shovel? <laughs> yeah. Just stop. Stop right where you are. You are fine. Oh. Hi, Mike. Hi, big shit. This conversation needs to move on. <laughs> All right. So now that Mike is on the air, now that it's a family affair. Um, <laughs> Since you were oh late, Mike, <laughs> no, this has nothing to do with anything. I'm not talking about sex. Um, <laughs> no one said sex, Joe. What are you? You're the first person who brought the topic up. <laughs> I'm, I'm going goodbye. <laughs> hey, Joe, you can, you can, you can, uh, you can, you can. Um, you can you can say what we call each other, <laughs> sister wives. Yeah, okay. We are. We share the same husband. I share him for the motorcycle, and she shares him in every other way. Except Mike. No, Mike, are you on the line still? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. He's going to do this robotic voice again. All right. I was going to start this this show different tonight, but you weren't on, so I couldn't do this. Um, so I'm going to do it right now. Um, that phone, I don't want you to mention the topic of the phone call that we had last night or anything about it, but I do want you to know that it was um, transformational for me and very, very helpful for me. So I did want to, I, I always have people calling in, giving testimonials, how great I am and how great my, you know, coaching is and all this stuff. I wanted to, publicly thank you on the air for being such a good friend because oh. a lot of things you said, uh, pen, you know, it, I got it. And I did a lot of work last night and today, and I'm feeling a lot better and we'll see what happens. So thank oh, you. That's awesome, Jill. That's awesome. Yeah. And I felt so bad because I could hear Sherry in the background. It's t- midnight and it's 1230 and we're still on the phone. <laughs> Okay. And I can hear Sherry That's trying to get right. some sleep. I'm so sorry, but um, <laughs> it's okay. But no I problem. needed I needed Mike last night as a friend, and he was yeah. there, and I appreciate that because I was a mess last night. I admittedly was a mess. Yeah, he's 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 a good man that way. He's really he's he's just um, I don't know. He's very much a teddy bear. I just I understand you're talking again, lady. <laughs> <laughs> this is a radio program. So, <laughs> uh, Jim wants me about what do you want to say, Jim? Uh, no, oh, nothing. Uh, oh, no. Uh, I don't <laughs> <laughs> All uh, I could say is that sometimes, like when Mike was. Oh, <laughs> yeah, someone's shutting me up. All right, I'm getting shut down. <laughs> all right, all right. Bye bye, Jill. All right, thanks. Thanks, Love thanks you. for your input, Sherry. Love you. Bye bye. All right, bye bye. We, we live in Tennessee, but it's not banjo music, so that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't give out your your whereabouts, Mike. <laughs> 
Okay. Final words. When is the when is the bike going in the shop? Final words. These are gone. Sorry, we shut them down already. Sorry. Might go in tomorrow like, if that means anything. Oh, it is. What's wrong with yeah. your bike? And then we'll get back on track. It's sick. Aww. Aww. That's all. I have to. I need. Uh, um. Um. He needs to get his bike fixed. Okay. <laughs> all right. Next. Uh, who else do we have on the line? Um, we have uh, Catherine. Let's see if Catherine. Hi. Thank you so much Hi, for Catherine. taking my call. Welcome. Hi, Catherine. This evening. Good. How, 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 What's going on with you? What's, what's, your, what's your question? What's your story? There are two um, people that I would love to work with, and I'm just wondering if you see it coming to fruition. One's name is Dan, and one name, one's name is Rick. Um, I get a bigger hit on Rick. Um, I'm just looking ahead to see if I can give you, like, time frames or anything like that. All right, so what, what my guides are saying is um, <clears throat> even the opportunity with, with Rick feels like the potential is bigger than the opportunity with Dan. Uh-huh. Is Dan somebody that you have worked with before? No, but I've tried to work with him before, um, and I recently sent him another um, presentation. Um, I haven't heard back yet, but I only sent it in on Monday. So, um, you know, perhaps he's just, Right. I mean, things, right, Mm -hmm. right. And things could take time. Um, But as for Rick, the opportunity, like I said, feels bigger. um, And it feels like it has tentacles, you know, like it could grow into something really, really big for you. So I have a better feeling about, about Rick than I do with Dan. Dan is not, um, you know, I'm not saying no, it can't happen. I'm just not seeing that oomph yet in Dan's energy. Um, there, there is another. Um, so, do you um, do you have your own business or something, or are you selling a product, or what is it? Um, no, I freelance. It's creative um, projects. So with Rick, it would be for one of my projects, one of my ideas. With Dan, I put in for one of his ideas to be a collaborator with his project. Oh. Because that, that actually sounds pretty nice. And that has a different feel when you say it that way. Oh. oh I'm, um, I'm still not getting the validation from my guides, though, with Dan. He may, uh, you know what? I have a feeling his hands are tied, and he's not able to right now for whatever reason. Um, Rick uh, comes through, um, <clears throat> still not, I'm not sold that Rick is going to just reach out and say, done deal. I think you're going to have to chase after this and really yeah. follow up yeah. on it and really pursue it. And I think a face-to-face meeting is going to seal the deal for you with Rick. And I see it almost like starting small and growing into something bigger for, with Rick. Wow. But there, there's still another person, uh, the name you haven't given me, um, that I see, to me it feels like towards the end of this year or the very beginning of next year, um, there's going to be a big, big 
opportunity um, to, wow. to, to do some, and again, it feels very, very expansive, more so than either what you were talking to Dan about or what the potential is with Rick. So my gut feeling is, you know, whatever happens with them is great. Like, are you able to do more than one client at the same time yeah. or only one client? Okay. So then no, if no. you accepted something with Rick, you could still do it for whoever or whatever this right. other opportunity right. is. Because there's something mm-hmm. I would say, you know, and again, it, it's hard for me to believe that there, there would be anything major happening in December, but... I feel like December to January is going to be your hot month of something big coming your way, be it with Rick and or this other opportunity that I'm feeling. So hang in there. But I think Jim was going to say something. Oh, no, I, I, I just wanted to do some clarifying. I thought she said that uh, that they were both collaboration efforts. It's just whether she's the leader or, or backing up. Um, uh, that's all. That's oh, all. because I, I – I heard yeah. her say that Rick was um, a project, that she submitted mm-hmm. a presentation yeah. to do a project. Right. Right. Okay. No, um, that's, that's... So, so hang what? in there. I, I feel, oh, yeah. you know, the tide is going to be very favorable for you in the next couple months. Yeah, and keep us posted. Oh, call, call us yeah, back and tell us how it goes. I will. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sure. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Many blessings. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Oh, she had such a sweet energy. Yeah. She really did. Um, so do we have other callers or do you want to talk more about narcissists? Let's, let's go to our topic a little longer. You've got more material, I think. Yeah. <sighs> Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right, so Paul, do you want to ask us questions since everything I'm saying is like wrong tonight? <laughs> what? Is, is that how you feel? No, you it feel, really isn't. Are you isn't. feeling attacked? No, I'm really not. Actually, I thought it was very funny. <laughs> very, very well, funny. I, I think um, for those of us who have def- – I mean, I think – most people have probably suffered through a relationship like this because it's a, a pretty common characteristic. Um, and and it, it, relationships, even um, non-romantic uh, relationships can be so challenging, especially if it's a family member. <laughs> so I know somebody that has a, a family member who is a narcissist and it's really challenging because with family, you want to feel that mutual connection where you go back and forth and sometimes you're the one being supportive and, and, and listening. And other times the other person is there, you know, it could be a mother, a father, a, a daughter, a son, a brother, a sister, where you want the back and forth. And so many times when it's a narcissist in a family, it can be even more hurtful because you've been with them, you know, from your childhood on. So what would you uh, advise if it's question. a family member? You can't just walk away from your brother right. who's a narcissist. You have to right. either accept it or confront them. Or like, what would you say to somebody? You can't confront a narcissist. You you're going right? to get nowhere. No, you're going to get you nowhere. To, what you can do is you can set firm boundaries. I they hate what that. I was going to say. They <laughs> do hate that. But that's where you'll eventually stop. 
Right. Yeah, they'll they give up on you and they right. Deal with you. The only reason why a narcissist is successful is because you allow them to be. That's why they go for empaths, you know, low self-esteem, desperate people, you know, right. people who are alone, you know, things like that. They they target e- very easy, you know, people. Yeah. I don't mean easy, but you know what I mean. Um, but if you don't let them bother you. That's the key. Right. Don't ever let that person think that they're getting to you. Just like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, and don't sense. let it, you know, just shrug it off. So I'll yeah. tell you my, my can't personal win an argument. My personal experience with what my, one of my uh, marriages, actually, um, what had happened with um, so many instances was you, you probably can't handle this. So. I don't even know if I should ask you to do this. You, you, you're probably not strong enough or you're not this or that. And it's like, no, what are you oh talking about? I can do this. Like, I would get sucked into these things, right? See, yeah. I would so, just say, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, I, why let your it, ego get involved? Right? Really? What why had happened it? was, like, I fell into the trap so many times, and when I finally had figured it out and had enough, what turned the tide for me was, um, you know, Jim, you'd mentioned this whole idea of, of being uh, – drawn into their drama and which mm-hmm. I experienced over and over again. My ex would lose her credit card when we would go out, you know, partying and bar hopping. <laughs> and then the next day she would insist that I go with her. Come on, it'll be fun. Oh, you're not up for the adventure. You're just, you know, that kind of nonsense where you'd be just like, would you go get your credit card? You left it. It's not my problem. Why do I have to be involved over? So the thing that, that broke, the the pattern for me is um, we were supposed to go to a friend's house party and she had asked me or told me we're going to stop at Target first because uh, I need to get some school supplies or something. Right. And I was like, no, I, I really I don't want to be late for the party. And, oh, we're not going to be late. We're not going to be late. I was like, no, trust me. Like, I, I've been through this with you. Every time we do something like this, we're there for 45 minutes. I, I, I don't want to do it. And she's like, well, well, you're not supportive of me. You're not this. It's like, no, no, no. I think you should do it if it's important to you. If you can't do it tomorrow and you have to do it tonight, you should do it. But um, I'll meet you at the party. And she lost her, she lost her mind. And she's, she's furious and screaming at me because, you know, you're not supportive. You're not this. You're like, no, no, I'm supportive. I think if it's important to you, but I don't, I don't want to go to Target. It was that simple. And I was very calm about it. I wasn't mad. I wasn't angry. I didn't call her names. I didn't say, oh, you're so stupid. Why do you have to do this? I just said, I don't want to go. So like Jim, you're saying, it's like once you say in a really calm way that I'm not going to be a part of your, your drama right. and that gets, I'm not going to do it. It's like, I'm not mad. I'm just, not I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Not taking the bait. Exactly. I'm not going that's, to Target. That's yeah. it. Yeah. You don't take the bait. I yeah, mean, and, and, it, and it's hard. Yeah. Because and it was, they know how to press your buttons. Yeah, they know how was, to do it. They are masters at doing it. I was yeah. just so exhausted that it wasn't like a triumphant thing. I was just so tired of it, and I was so I was all the energy of anger and hatred and everything was just sucked out of me. And I was just like, I don't want to. I don't want to go. I still want to go to the party. I'll meet you there. You. you know. And I was just tired. I was like, oh, I don't. And she got so mad. I'm just like, listen to yourself. Look how angry you are. I'm like, I'm not angry. That was good. Right? I'm, like, I'm not angry about this, and I'm not trying to be mean. I just don't mm-hmm. want to do it. <laughs> and what happened? You didn't do it, and you went to the party. I didn't do it, and it was a big fight, and I think we went to the party anyway, but I, I like it. it's one of those things that I've kind of um, lost track of the memory after that because 
it was kind of a turning point for me. So mm-hmm. it was just like after that, like, I mean, the, the relationship eventually ended, you know, a year or two yeah. later, but I don't think that was the reason. Well, maybe it was the reason I got <laughs> so tired of, of, of buying into the drama that she got tired of me, like not feeding her, you know, that energy. It's, it's that feeding bit that. Yeah. And if you take the bait, it's, 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 you're, you're, you're in it. You're in it. Yeah. And you're it's almost like an energy vampire. They need to it just is. suck that energy. Yeah. <laughs> they know the buttons to push. They know right? it. And that's why it's so hard. Um, but you handled it very, very well. You really, Thanks. really right. did. I think the only other thing is that you're not going to ever win an argument with a narcissist. So why bother? You said, yeah. no, I don't want to go. And you yeah. should have let her, her rant and rave and yeah. ignore it. Yeah. Or you could have just said, oh, I got to do something right now. I'll call you later. Click. Yeah, weren't you in, weren't you in the car no. already? Were Unfortunately, you in the car? we were married and we were in the, at the apartment on the way to oh. go to the oh, party. Oh, oh. You know? Okay. Okay. And I didn't want to be late. So I was like, oh, no, I don't want to go to Target. Good for you. Well, I would have said, well, you're, when you're I, if, she, if this was somebody I was involved with, I would say, well, you've got a car. Go to Target. Yeah. I'll meet you there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I wish it could have been a triumphant moment of like, I, I did this on purpose. Like I did this because I, I was a, I was standing up for myself and I was just so beaten up over doing it over and over again that I was just exhausted. I was just like, no, I'm not going, <laughs> no. but it worked. It worked. It, and and, and I, I recognize that it's like, Oh my God, that that's what it is. If you're calm, like even if you, if you fight back against the narcissist and say, you're so selfish, I can't believe you make me do this. And it's your right. fault. It's that still feeds their energy that they right. want that because, anger from right, you. Because they, yeah, they want you're the not anger understanding them. Yeah. But yeah, plus, they can play the victim. They can blame, yeah. They can blame yeah, you. Yeah, then they can be Bingo. the victim all the yeah. time. Like, yeah. Don't do it. Yeah, just don't <laughs> see, do it. I don't say... see them as victims. I see them as putting the blame on everybody else. Right. They but will not they assume like the role see of being themselves a victim. as the victim. And then they like to go to their friends oh. and say, you're not going to believe what they said oh. this time. <laughs> well, that's you that grandiose behavior right? of, you know, it's all about them and no one else. You get both sides. You get the victim and and the uh, the blamer. But they, I think they're kind of mixed up. They're kind of the same thing. Right. You know, this person did this awful thing to me because they're evil. So you're blaming I, I could see that. Like yeah. when I ended it with that guy, one of my friends saw on his Facebook page, he said, well, I guess relationships end when the first person says, the first person who says you're a narcissist is the winner or something. And all his friends said things like, why are you acting so childish? Right. You know, and then somebody <laughs> jumped in and said something like, I don't, you're a hundred percent wrong because you know, that person was involved with a narcissist and had right. real life stories, but that shows how <laughs> limited the perspective is of a narcissist. They just don't get it. Right. They don't get it. And even yeah. my ex-husband, he's always trying to get me back, even 30 years since we've been divorced. And right. he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. Yeah. And he doesn't take no for an answer. <laughs> for somebody who grew up in the kind of childhood that I had, it amazes me that I draw in men that never go away. They never go away. So what do you think about that as a pattern 
for your like spiritual development? Why do you think you're attracting that same type of person over and over again? What are you not doing? I don't, I don't attract narcissists. I mean, I was married to one. I went through therapy. I grew spiritually. I have very clear boundaries. And if I see one, I run period. Right. It's not what I'm going to deal with, but I do draw in men. I have abandonment issues from my childhood. My parents were divorced when I was 10 years old. Then I was put in the middle of a marital battle and it was a pretty pronounced marital battle. Um, So I do have abandonment issues, but I tend to draw in people that never leave me. (laughs) They never leave me. Because maybe that's your, that's the resonance you're giving off of that. I I need somebody who is not going to go away. So you're attracting people that are tenacious because that's your your antenna is sending that out. Maybe, right? Like I would agree that that's what I desire. I don't, you know who who until you want them to go away, right? Right, but that's the problem. That right? like, how long have I been divorced from my ex-husband? And sure, my friends all laugh about this. Okay, so it's been a two weeks. Have you heard from Lewis lately? I mean, you know, and and he sends me these long emails, and then when he can't lure me in with the nice stuff, then he starts the mean stuff. Right. And you know, when his mother was alive, I used to be able to say to him. If you don't stop it, I'm going to go to your mother and, <laughs> <laughs> and he would stop. But now doesn't matter she, how old you are. That's a threat. No, that I, I use that. She just died like, <laughs> right. I, she just died like maybe five or six or seven years ago. But up until that point, whenever I mentioned his mother. But he's not, you know, it's like, oh, he would blame me. Like when Jim and I would do paranormal investigations and I would bring entities back. It was always my fault. Well, that one is my well, that's fault. Well, that kind of <laughs> never happened to me. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, you're not like me. I'm, I draw I them not. in. They go, yeah. they go, there she is. There she is. Yeah. Let's go get her. <laughs> right. Jim's got really solid boundaries, even with um, the, the disembodied yeah, voices. Like, do. oh, no, you're not allowed here. Go away. <laughs> but now I'm better because I'll tell you, the other night, Ciara was in the bed. And, oh, she started out in the family room, in fact, and she's like, looking all around and right away I'm going, who's ever here? You're not invited. Get out. But the problem was I was doing work with calling in my ancestors and, and they must've been there. And I also called in Coco, who's her mother. And, you know, so I I mean, I couldn't really say get out, but I did say, and I said, you know, we'll have to do it another time. And then Ciara woke me up in the middle of the night because she was still looking all around. And I knew they were good people, you know, that I I had called in. Um, Did you ever listen to that? I sent it both to you and and Katie, that um, uh, Bella Ruth um, guided meditation that's what I was working with. And oh, she calls in um, right, your right. ancestors of, you know, they support you and you're like this proud banner of all the generations before you and all this kind of stuff. So I'm working on that. And then, you know, she's like <laughs> all this entails, yeah. like she was terrified. 
So I let her out for a while. And then when we went to sleep, she started in with the same thing. So I do, I only do that meditation when they're outside. I won't do it when they're inside. <laughs> and then I ask them to, you know, to like not bother her because clearly she perceives them. You remember magic used to go nuts yeah. with, he used to know when some of my dogs don't even notice, but magic was so scared of things too. And remember that house in New Jersey? Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, God, that was a terrible, not my house that I grew up in, that one in East, West Orange, remember? Was the one you, was the, when you were buying and they decided not to because it was some wild energy. Do you in remember, there. do you remember yes. Lucky in that house? Mm-hmm. And do you remember when you were taking photos, this should be next week's show for this Halloween yes. special, but um, Lucky, you were taking photos and there was one picture in the bathroom you could not explain. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, there was a shadow. And that's where, that's where yeah, the... It didn't, didn't work. He was terrified, and I never I, I went in that bathroom the, again. I tend to play a skeptic. Uh, but certain so things you can't. She'll take a picture in, in, or something, mm. and she'll say, look, see, this is proof. And I'd be looking at it and go, no, no, this is a lens flare. You know, stuff like that. Um, but this one, I couldn't find any reason why there's... He took the picture. Or, he doesn't even yeah. remember. <laughs> like, he took the picture himself. And oh, you came so, to me, you did, yep. and you came to me and said, this one I can't explain. And it was behind the the toilet, Yeah. you know, and that's where I was on the toilet when Lucky's in there and he's like going like this and tails between his legs. I, and I didn't take the like picture this. while she was on the toilet. Okay? No, he did. <laughs> this was like a whole nother. She wasn't there. The <laughs> this show is as great as tonight. Right? <laughs> Join us next week. I am the paranormal. And we'll discuss this a little bit more in depth because that's definitely, that is our topic for next week. Let's yes. take another caller. We're going to. Oh, my God. Did that yes. scare me? Oh, that was good. We're right, we've got, we've got two callers, Jim. Who do you think we should uh, bring in here next? To oh, this my God. Tonight? I, think, uh, I think Maria. I, I think so, too. Maria, Maria looks good. Okay. Maria? Hello? Ma- Hello, Maria, are you there? Yes. Hi, this is uh, this is Jim, and we've got Hi, Lady Fontaine on the line, who she'd love to talk with you. Hi. Yes. Hi, how are you? Good, would, would good. You like, so, tell, us, tell us what your story is. What's going on with you? Yes, uh, please. So, you see me go for Christmas in Italy, and I buy Property over there near the water. Property um, near the water in Italy. Near the water in Italy. Is that the question? Yeah. Okay. That's the question. Is yeah. she going to do that? Yes, she yes, wants to know if she should. If she should, or is she going to? Yes. Which one? Which Which one is it? Are you asking if you should buy it, or or um, did you buy it, and and will you buy it? I'm gonna go in Italy for Christmas. I'm gonna buy property over there near the water. Okay. okay. So, what do you want to know about the property? Is it good for you to do that? Yes. Yes, okay. it is. It's very good for you to do that. Um, I actually feel you're gonna find a place, and I can see it in my head. 
Um, first of all, I, I do see, even though you're saying it's by the water, I do see like mountain ranges and I know there are mountain ranges in Italy, so I don't know where you're going, but I do see mountains and I do see almost like a beige or almost even like a a hint of a pink or a salmon color or something. Um, it's like either stone or cement building. It needs some, it needs some work. It needs renovation, but it's going to it's going to be a steal in price and it's going to be a location to die for it you're saying by the water i see it more elevated i see it more on a hill or a mountain with a with an ocean view so are there mountains in the area or hills in the area that you're going to yeah i want to buy sicily sicily yeah uh-huh where you want Sicily? to buy in Sicily? Yeah. Yes. Where are you looking in, in Sicily? There... That's where my family's from. I'm from Palermo. Oh. I am from Palermo. Oh, ah, we could be related. I come yes. in from Termini Meresi, if I were the Palermo. I want to buy the property in Cifalu. You know Cifalu? No, my, my, my family is a La Placa. No. If you know any, any La Placas or Flagellas. Flagella? Flagella. Flagella, Saletta, La Placa. I think she knows that. Right? Uh, that's that's the <laughs> we, we can hardly hear you with um, your phone. Hey, my well, phone, I went a long time and they got, they got done almost. They were so close. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So are you looking to to stay there permanently now? Are you looking to relocate? No, I'm looking forward to go there a little bit and I'll do back and forth. Are there hills and mountains in Sicily? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's lovely. Because I see the house, it's up on a, I don't know if it's a mountain or a hill, but it has a water, an ocean view. And I could see flowers on the outside um, and it needs work, but she could make it beautiful. And it feels like it's a great, 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 great price. Great price. That's a good, that's a bill you're talking about. It. That's it. That's a looking for to look by. That's a bill. Oh, yes. A villa. Yes. A villa. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. the way you're talking about it is a villa, yeah. Yes, and you're going to, I feel you're going to find it, you're going to buy it, and you're going to love it. And you could invite us, too, and we'll be happy to join you. Why not? Why not? The whole family is from there, so you can come back. Yes. You can stay a few days. Yes, Uh, we'll come together. We'll make some manacotti. Why not? It sounds like a plan. It's beautiful. Any place you go over there is beautiful. It is. I mean, I haven't been there since I was in my 20s, but um, it is beautiful. Oh, you, ah, you got to go now. I was there for Christmas two years ago. I oh, wow. It was very cold. Me, I'm used to with the cold over there, you know. They don't get the steam like we do over here. But uh, my daughter, she know how she used. And my daughter says two weeks with the cold and the bed, I have fever. You know, Ooh. so now, I don't know if I'm going to go. You think I'm going to go this year for Christmas? I, if you want to go, you're going to go. 
I mean, the only person that would hold you back from going is you. But if you want to go, you're going to go. Um, I, I don't know my finances. <laughs> Her what, oh, finances? finances yeah. Oh, well, we've got, what, a month and a half, two months? Yeah. If you, if you take him another question, I ask you. I tell you, go if ahead. you can give it. Yeah, I can go talk ahead. to you? Yes, okay. go ahead. A witness, a witness settlement. You think I'm going to get it before Christmas? The settlement? A witness set- settlement? Oh. Yes. Um, before Christmas. I mean, that yeah. would be the ideal way for you to go to Italy if you got it. But, um, yeah, it's, to buy a property. Right. I'm not, let, let me put it to you this way. I would say you would definitely get it within the next three to six months. Um, I don't know if you're going to get it by Christmas. You may, but my guides are telling me three to six months. How long has it been since you've been waiting for this money? Five months. That's really not a long time. Uh, They started now in the court. They started now? What was that? Yeah, they started now, you know, to go to the court. Oh, oh, so you still have to go through the court system. No, no, they did it. They started. Oh, so, oh, and they settled. So, oh, so in theory, you should get it in 30 days. There should have been some sort of um, arrangement or agreement between the attorneys that stipulated how, much, how long it would take, 30 or 60 days. Um, my guides say, you know, three to six months, so you may get it before Christmas. That could be your 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 trip and your your ticket to buy that villa. So right. I would hold right. on to that right now. I would hold on to the possibility of that happening. I would say on right. a scale of one to ten, it's going to happen by January or February anyhow. And could it happen by December? It could. But okay. I would say by you, January, yes, absolutely. I'll let you know. I'll call you back. All right, good. We would like to hear from you. Thank you. All right, Thank Maria. You Thank you. Okay. God bless you. God bless same, you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Wow, maybe that would be an interesting place for us to do a show from. <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> You'd have to get me to Italy for that, in Sicily. <laughs> I wouldn't Why, fly. you wouldn't go? Why? No. I'm, I'm too big for airplanes, and I really don't feel comfortable in them. So, no. I'd rather ride my uh, motorcycle around. Well, maybe we could figure out, you know. I'll, see, I want a yacht, so you could drive your motorcycle around the yacht, and I could take no, the yacht right you could, you, could try, you could drive your yacht across the ocean, and I could get my motorcycle off on the other side, and then I can do what I want to do. That's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. I just don't have the money yet to uh, to get the yacht, but that's in that's the plan. Okay. That's, that's right. Okay. <laughs> so we've got a plan, and I'm then patient. we could go see Paul's family. We can go see Maria's family. It'll be a whole yeah. family affair. Make it next year. Right. Make it next year, okay? Get All right. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't ready to go this year. I should have my yacht by next year. Okay. You don't have okay. the yacht yet? Uh, no, I don't have the yacht. But Mike has been custom fitting some ideas. I think it was Mike. Maybe it was that narcissist. I don't remember. Somebody was. I think it was Mike. Right. <laughs> no, it was so, Mike because he was saying, I need areas that are 
um, like dog safe. So like we were thinking of like wind, you know, like glass, glass panels. So this way, you know, uh, you're not blocking the view and everything. I have the boat picked right. out. I just need the the the, the multi millions of dollars, right? right? Yeah. But if so I get I, my movie going, then I got the money. Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> so far, Let's not one person our, is donated, but go ahead. Let's get back to our topic with the, uh, the narcissist. Um, you had mentioned something earlier that I thought was really interesting about trying to find examples of um, what a good relationship looks like and what um, a narcissistic relationship looks like. So people maybe, if they're in the middle of it, can't recognize that they're in a bad situation. So are there any films or books where we could give an example of narcissistic, a narcissist, yeah, narcissistic relationship and this help people to recognize that maybe they're in something dangerous? That's a really good question. Uh, Jim, are you going to look it up? I am looking it up right now. All right. I don't have a, yeah, I don't have a quick answer. I mean, I could tell you what, what it looks like, but I don't, I don't know of any books that, I mean, I know many books that describe a narcissist and potential treatments or how to deal with it, but I don't know, like, you know, a, a fictional story or nonfiction where it's describing a relationship between a narcissist. I mean, there's many, uh, there's a, a book I could think of and a movie where it's a very controlling relationship. Right. Um, but I don't, I'd have to really think, is it a narcissistic relationship? Um, so I got a list of 10 best narcissist movies ever. And Go I'm ahead. not sure about these. There Will Be Blood in 2007. I never even heard of it. Oh, it's so good. The Dark Knight. Who's in it? Daniel oh. Day-Lewis. The it's Dark a phenomenal Knight. movie. It's phenomenal. He's so good so at that. Tell me what it's about. Yeah, tell well, us about it. It's um, American West, um, and it's it deals with this man and his relationship with his son, um, and their um, I believe there's oil, like oil money involved, and a preacher. Oh yeah, I've um, seen the trailers. I on can't that. remember yeah. the plot, but I, I just remember that the there's a scene where this uh, Daniel Day Lewis's character is being badgered about his relationship with his son and he breaks down in tears and he says, I've abandoned my son. I've abandoned my boy. And it's just heart wrenching uh, um, the performance, but I, uh-huh. for the life of me, I can't give you any more plot details or why they thought he was a narcissist. I can't remember. That's interesting. Okay. So what else, Jim? The, oh, the do dark, you have a comment the, on that movie? No, the okay. dark night. <laughs> dark night. Is, uh, is, is that a Batman movie? Yes. Yeah. Come on, a Batman movie is about a narcissist? Well, I'm well, assuming they're saying... This is, this is, isn't this the one where he goes and she, uh, learns in a, in a school in, in, the, in the East? And, yeah. uh, and the relationship he has with the teacher is a little... Could be seen that way, I guess. Yeah. Uh, wow. Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember the name, but what was it about, Blue Velvet? Blue Velvet is like a very strange underworld look at a small town and like the darkness and the weirdness that goes on underneath it. And this mm-hmm. woman's, I don't know if her, her son is kidnapped. Her baby's kidnapped by um, 
Oh, Dennis Hopper. So oh, I think he might be the narcissist and he, he forces her into like sex slavery and it's really dark and very twisted. It's David Lynch. Uh, okay. um, but again, again, these movies aren't helping us with like a narcissist with a normal empath relationship. Right, exactly. We have to find right. something that we, we could talk to people about. Hey, well, watch got, this movie. This is similar right. to what you're going through. Probably would be okay. more of a documentary rather than a movie because they're going to well, sensationalize a movie. Well, what about Stephen Kane? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be like a, a typical, like his, his relationship with his wife and that was very kind of controlling. And when she was tired of being controlled and got out, Orson Welles trashes the place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that maybe that's a, a good example. It's yeah. like a, a lot of people don't sit through that movie because it's very, it's hard I to watch. I loved that movie, yeah. but I don't I remember too. enough of it. That I yeah, I mean, he, he's this the, very the wealthy, uh, egotistical man, and his, and his wife gets exhausted with him and finally leaves, and he violently destroys their bedroom, just like demolishes it. And that's there's your classic narcissist, you know, can't get their way, so they will, right. you know, scorched earth. Yeah, but there's is that one. classic in... in um, in at throwing a tantrum, that's really throwing a tantrum. Well, he was. Alone, they don't get their. So. Well, they can do oh. that. Oh. I, can, I can tell you, they can do that. I've got real proof of that. Real proof of that. Really, right? see, I I haven't met narcissists that do that. I find well, that they're very much in control, and they would never mm-hmm. tip their hat hand yeah, ever until they don't get mm-hmm. their way, and they're like, if they're beaten, I think, and they're in in private, I think they can lose their. And cool. that's probably true. That right? probably is. Um, what so. else yeah. is on there? What else is one, on there? One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Now that's clearly the, the nurse, right? Right. The, oh, the yeah. therapist. Oh. Ratchet. <laughs> nurse Ratchet. That's right. Oh, she's terrible. Oh my God! Yeah. You guys are good with old movies. American oh, yeah. Beauty. Oh yeah, it's Kevin Spacey's character, right? Mm-hmm. Well, was he the narcissist or was his wife? <laughs> yeah. That's a good question. See, that one is, that for some reason, in my mind, is, I'm getting, like, bingo, bingo, bingo. That would be a good movie. Yeah. I don't know which character it was. I don't really remember the movie, but I'm psychically getting bingo, bingo, bingo. That's it. All right. So, for anybody who needs help with their narcissistic partner watch american beauty and and don't do that (laughs) but i don't remember i love that movie again i'm loving all these movies that are narcissistic movies i don't remember that they were at all narcissistic at the time that i watched it but um so then what's the oh come on that was just a bizarre movie at times yeah but i don't well i never saw traffic to the oh to traffic Traffic. I don't remember that. Who was in that? I did see that. Who was uh, in that? I think it's Matt Matt Dillon, maybe? Uh, Benicio Del Toro, Michael Douglas, oh. Erica Christensen. Oh, Michael Douglas. Catherine Zeta-Jones. He's very and good. Cheadle. I yeah, remember that Douglas. movie. Yeah. I remember that movie. I just don't remember the specific. So who was the narcissist? So, yeah. so 2000. <laughs> American crime drama directed by Steven Soderbergh, written by Stephen Gangham. Uh, yeah, I think I think we need to find trade. like relationship yeah. movies. That's what was the one with um, Ingar Ingmar Bergman? Yes, 
A Marriage what? Story? Was, was, uh, what was that movie that he was famous for, that big one? That man was clearly the narcissist. Ingrid German? Ingmar. Ingmar. The, he's the Ingmar? director. Yeah, it's oh. like a movie from, from the 60s. And it's just, marriage? Yes. It's so hard to what watch. What is it's it? Very, well, any what? Bergman movie is hard to watch. <laughs> Scenes from a Marriage. Scenes from a uh, Marriage. The relationship never... between Marianne and, and Johan is very complicated. They separate, engage in extramarital affairs, bond, rebond, and eventually divorce. And it's all originally in Swedish. Ingmar Bergman is a Swedish director. Yeah. That one Those, really, yeah, that, that one sticks it's, with me. It's, p- it's powerful. deep and it, it carves like holes in your soul when you watch yes. his movies. Yeah. <laughs> I used Love to watch it, him in Italia. Oh, yeah, so I used to watch him in Italia all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing stuff. Uh, yeah, Leif Ullman and Erland Josephson and D.B. Anderson and Gunnar Lindholm. I'm three-quarters Swedish, so I can talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> you have license. That's right. That's awesome. That is. Yeah, it's got a, so, it's got a lot of uh, good reviews. What maybe we'll do is um, do a little bit of research on a classic type of movie. I think it's going to be more of a documentary or even a crime drama where – you know the 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 narcissist ends up you know accident or strangling you know their partner or something um you know yeah. and and where it tells the story of the really dysfunctional relationship yeah um even when i'm saying that i'm thinking about the the, the tragic situation with that um young girl gabby yeah. or i mean yep. and and the guy i mean that was to me a narcissistic relationship yeah. He was very, very, from what we know, all I know is I saw that video of her in the car where the cops were interviewing her and she's like this and stuff, you know, I mean, she yeah. was, you know, signaling in ways and she was so terrified of him and being left alone. I mean, that to me, that I'm sure that that was a very narcissistic, I'm not sure, but from looking at, at it from the outside, I would think there was abuse right. and potentially a narcissistic relationship Yep. because she uh, looks pathetic. Another, oh, we have another ahead. caller on the line if we want to go to a call. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, we have Tanika. I believe she's a repeat caller. Yeah. I is, remember yes. Tanika. Let's see where she's at. Hi, Tanika. Hi, Lady Fontaine. Hi, you guys. Hi. Hi. Good. Welcome back. How are you? Thank you. I'm good, thanks. So what's going on? Tell us about it. Frank. Um, well, I'm Frank, <laughs> yeah. well if, you pick up, if you pick up on anything about him, I'll listen. I haven't talked to him in a while. I've just decided what? to cut him off because if he's not about something real, then I don't want to waste my time. But that's so if you pick up anything about Great, Allison. If you don't pick up anything about him, that's fine. Um, I just really wanted to know. I just I left a horrible job, and I just started a new job. That's kind of hard on my body, though. I'm in a lot of pain every day because it's a retail job. I'm on my feet. I just started it um, two weeks ago, last week. Mm-hmm. So um, I just wanted to know when you saw me leaving the job and moving because those are things I really want to do, and I'm just starting to get more and more worried because every day I'm coming home in pain, and I don't know if any progress is going to happen um a way to go with this all right Um, this is really this is 
a tough one to take, what I'm about to say. And I recently said this to one of my clients who has been my client for 15 years. Um, she has a great job, but, you know, there's things going on that she wasn't 100% crazy about. And now she's built it in her head to be the worst job in the world, and she's looking for a new job. And when you run from something, you're just going to recreate it in a new environment. Just like you ran from your other job because you weren't happy or whatever the dynamics were, and now you're in this job. I know this in your mind is a temporary situation, but what I urge you to do is try to adjust to it and try to find pluses, like I'm getting a paycheck or um, you know, there are some nice people or I'm meeting nice people. Try to find some things that are that you're grateful for and that are more positive than negative. Because when you're looking for either a new job, a new relationship, a new whatever, when you fixate on the negative and you're holding on to stuff from the past, trust me, that's exactly what you're going to draw in. So it's important for you to really do that you know, sort of readjustment, that inner readjustment and that inner work to get yourself in a position where you can get another job. And you will. What I see moving forward for you, um, it still feels to me that um, it could be a couple of months, if not longer. Um, right. What What is it that you want to do? What kind of work? What are you looking for? Um, I would love to work from home for like a happy feels like a happy industry like for example like edible arrangements or someplace like holistic blue apron like qvc like something working from home for a happy company not medical and the job i'm at i'm grateful the people are nice it's just i physically don't think that i can do it for much longer because i worked in retail for a lot of years before i tried the medical and i have damaged nerves in my feet and every day i'm coming home in pain from this job so that's why i'm worried about Right. And I, right. And I get, I truly get that. I'm going to let Jim speak to that if he has any thoughts or ideas on that. But um, uh, Jim, are you not able to hear us? Uh, my earphones are bugging out. All right. Um, so, but, but from a psychic perspective, let me say this. First of all, um, are you looking actively? Because I'm not feeling a real crusade on your part right now. No, because then you know why? I had tried so long to look for an a work-at-home job when I was trying to leave the last horrible job and nothing came through. I hardly ever got any kind of responses. I think, that, I think that nowadays a lot of regular jobs are, are, you know, working remote. I think if you go out looking for a job that's work, for, work from home, they're harder to find. But if you look for a job, and my gut feeling, you know, whatever field you want to be in the medical field or whatever it is that you want to do, um, you're going to be able to work, end up working from home a decent amount of time so that you would have a, you know, safe and secure environment for you. But, you know, I, I, I agree. I think if you just solely go out and look for a work from home job, they're few and far between, and I think everybody's eating them up right now, and there's so much competition. And I don't even know that half of them out there are valid. I mean, I always hear work from home and make, you know, X amount of dollars uh, 
uh, you know, a day, a week, a month, a year, and it, it never seems to pan out that way when, when people look into it. So um, try to look for a regular job. And when you're interviewing, talk to them about the potential of working from home. I really feel in this environment, people are very flexible to let you do that. Um, and if you, if you chose to do that, I do feel you would find something that, you know, maybe 90 or 95% of the time you'd be working from home and only a small percentage of the time would you have to go out or, you know, go into the office or anything like that. So I, I, you know, and and honestly, I feel if you did that, Tanika, the longest you would have to wait, this is absolutely worst case scenario. I'm honestly not feeling it's going to take this long but March of next year. I really don't feel it will take that long, but I don't feel any action yet on your part, and I don't feel the motivation yet in you. And those are two essential things that have to happen to make this job appear for you. So when you say medical, what what do you do for the medical field? Like, um, Well, I... I was working in medical. I don't want to go back to work in medical. I don't like the medical field. I was working as um, a secretary, as a receptionist, and I just don't, oh. didn't have a good experience. I don't want to do anything with the medical field anymore. Um, but are you looking for an administrative-type position in any yes. field? Yeah. Jim, what do you think? Do you think it's possible to find something to work from home in an administrative position? Um, I would think you would have to be in the office for that, but you wouldn't necessarily on, have to be on your on the feet. Office. There are there are offices now that are that are 100% work at home, including the administrators. Uh, so yeah, that could happen, but it's it's rare. Uh, there's a there's a culture that says that you got to have people in a place and all working together and that culture is predominant even the 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 whole idea of the lockdown didn't didn't scare businesses into realizing that it actually could work out or forever and it would save them probably millions of dollars in rent on real estate yeah right right it really would but i see that phone systems electrical all that stuff that they've got to put together I actually see see it leaning in that direction, even though they might not have learned the first time around. I have a feeling we're in for plenty more. Um, So they might learn it at some point. But for Tanika's perspective, um, if you had a job um, where you were sitting most of the day, is that doable for you? Yeah. Because that would open a lot more opportunities for you. And if you really diligently looked, you would find something within four to six weeks, if you really diligently looked. And that probably, that position would probably offer you the ability to work from home on occasions. Okay. But retail. I know a lot of salespeople that are working from home, if you're talking about sales. But she's she's in retail though yeah. right now. Oh, okay. She yeah, would have to get into she would have to get into some other kind of like you know yeah. hotel room sales or Bars, something. That, like that. Right. Um, okay. Even Tanika, cars what's going hard. on with your what's going on with your feet, your legs? They are 
I worked in retail for since I was 16. Yeah. So I've now, um, and because of the standing, long time I got really damaged um, nerves in my feet because of oh. the standing. First okay. it started as shivering, and now it's just like really just bad. If I stand for a long time. Have you been like compression socks and things like that? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I, I take medication. I have a doctor. I have CBD compression socks. Like, but it's only so much that they help because it's like your body and the inflammation happens. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. It's painful. Yeah. Um, I, where I, where are you in New York? In acupuncture. Yeah. She is. She is. I felt she was in New, New York. New York City. Oh. Well, yeah, I live in, but I want to move from here so bad to like someplace quieter and warm. I've been trying for a lot of okay. years, but I don't know how I, that's going to happen either. Um, where where did you say you are? You broke up for a second. In Long Island, New York. Oh, Long oh. Island, okay. Because I'm in Westchester. I'm an acupuncturist. Yeah. He's a great oh. healer. He is a great healer. Oh. I go to him for healing. And oh, millions okay. of other people do too, but I trust him implicitly. Thank you, Jen. Mm-hmm. So but it's I, true. I just, hoping I can, I can uh, uh, maybe offer you some help, but uh, but it sounds like you've got some good help already. But if you decide you'd like to look into something, let me know. Tanika, let me tell you this: um, many years ago, many many years ago, I was still living in Staten Island. Um, I had a, um, I had sciatica and I was in such excruciating pain. This was before Jim had his acupuncture license. He did acupressure and he worked on me for three hours. And I remember running into him at the Staten Island Ferry the following day. I was feeling great. I must have gone three or four or five days painless due to his work. And then I got into, I went for an alternative. Uh, I went back C, which it's uh, sort of like a com- uh, decompression, but they do it in a different way and it helped me. And I, I, I've been fine since, but that was, um, the, rack? That was the rack where they, you know, yes. yeah. Yes. <laughs> and my arm, you know, I had probably, I used to have to put a TENS machine on my arm to be able to get it in the position because not only do you have to fully extend, they stretch you, but then they, 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 when they compress it, they don't just go, they go very, very slowly and it mm-hmm. stretches out the, the, the discs and it actually increases the fluid in the discs. And I remember one time I had a little bit of sciatica. I went back for a couple treatments and then that was it. I mean, mm-hmm. You know, it really was miraculous. But Jim gave me days of being totally painless before he even was an acupuncturist. He just did it with acupressure. Mm-hmm. So if you have an opportunity to connect with Jim, I would urge you to do it. Okay. Do you take insurance, um, Jim? Um, you, it's, it's always best to check with your policy and see if they cover acupuncture. Uh, you, I will. I will oh. bill insurance companies, but not all. Not all policies cover acupuncture. So. Oh yeah, most don't probably. So it's it's really good, and and you can also ask them for authorization, and that way, you know, there's no questions, and billing goes really smooth. I mean, we're no we're no longer offering that fifty percent off, but would you would you give her a discount? 
Oh, I probably knock a few bucks off, sure. <laughs> For you, anything, so, Anika. <laughs> so I would urge you to reach out. If he could give you um, relief, that would, you know, sort of give you more confidence and give you more uh, pain relief so that you could function better. And then you could find this job that I feel for you. And then you could work from home a certain amount of time. And I think it would work out really fine for you. Yeah, that is my goal to find a job that I could work from home and, and try like move to a different part of the state, like move away from here with it, give the support. So you want to move out of New York? Oh yeah, very badly. Oh, you want to move to Florida or somewhere like yeah. that? Yeah. Um, get a good job and then then call me back and we'll work on that. Okay. It's really it's it, you need to learn to manifest better for yourself. And that's that's truly the answer. Is she still on the line? Yeah, she's yeah, still there. I'm listening. Oh, I'm listening. okay. Um, and once you get that job, we could talk about it. But first, manifest that job and do it by do. If you don't honor yourself, the universe isn't either, or no one else will. I know they're trying to get me to to get to stop talking so we can close <laughs> the show. <laughs> um, but do it. I mean contact Jim or I know you have help and you go to a doctor and all this other stuff, but you're still suffering. So look yeah. at some other opportunities for you. Like, you know, I was told by the world trade center health program that I would never be better and I'm better. And I did it by doing alternative stuff. They said, if anybody ever tells you you're going to get better and you're not, and they're lying to you. Well, he was lying to me because I got better. It took a long time, but I got better. But, you know, if you accept that fate and you accept the pain, that's what you're going to have. Yeah. You, right. We would call that, you know, having limiting beliefs. So work on you and honor you. And even things like Frank and relationships and all that will come together easier. Yeah. Too bad you can't afford to do coaching with me. Okay. Because <laughs> that, that would help you. But in any event, um, you know, hang in there, keep us posted, and try to hook up with Jim. Maybe you'll feel better. Okay. Thank All you, right. Tanika. All right, Tanika. See you later. Thanks. So we we had a really good good show tonight lots of interesting uh topics to go through i think we uh <laughs> and next week we're going to delve into the paranormal so we have to do a little bit of uh uh brainstorming on how we're going to focus uh, what areas of the paranormal can i wear my very... elvira yes can i wear my elvira outfit <laughs> yes no, no, it's way too revealing. <laughs> no such thing. So yeah, no such thing. Thank you to all our listeners and viewers and those who called in tonight. Sorry about the Facebook uh, live uh, issues. The uh, we had to switch over to YouTube live. Ooh. Yeah, it was someone. Someone oh my cursed God, I'm me. So scared already. 
We appreciate everyone who uh, supports us and, and, and joins us on our show. So be sure to either follow us or like us on social media so you'll know when our next show is. And we're going to try to get two shows in before October is over. Don't forget that part. I forgot to take it. Oh, you forgot that? <laughs> oh. So email us at radioshow at ladyfontaine.com with your suggestions, testimonials, or just to say hello. A very special thank you for Jill's friend, Mike, and his wife for joining us tonight. And, Mike, thank you again for all the uh, screening. Please visit Lady Fontaine at ladyfontaine.com for a reading or life coaching session. I am a living testament to that. Um, It's a really uh, remarkable, life-changing thing if you can get in there and get some help with the life coaching. And... um, Jim is at facebook.com forward slash East West Healing Arts. Um, if you're in Hartsdale, New York, eastwesthealing.info. And I have my own uh, radio show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time called Six Degrees with Paula Placa. Good night, and we look forward to seeing you on our next show. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we have the the the? the yeah, the music should be uh, yeah. walking us out here, and it's not. I know. I'm looking for it. I thought Jim was going to get it. There, there we is. go. <laughs> Bye, Stupid everybody. Robot. Another great show, <laughs> thanks to our callers and wonderful listeners. Be sure to follow us here on Bye. Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook. Oh, Check yeah, back regularly for info it. on our next show here on Blog Talk Radio our on Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. <laughs> If you miss a show or want to listen again, you can listen to the podcast anytime here or on iTunes. Signing off from all of us here on Eye on the Future. Blessings and Namaste. All right, let's switch over. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.